0: Good morning and welcome to Shouts of Grace. This morning we're continuing our study on Christ our Healer, Christ our Healer. And we're going to come to Matthew chapter 8 today. And I do want to just remind you of some foundations that are important. to Remember, God created this world, and He did not create it with sickness, with disease, or with illness in it, or even death. Uh, he created it perfect in mankind. Uh, did not have any of these ills. It was when mankind used his free moral agency and chose to sin. That sin brought sickness, illness, and death. And of course, in Christ, and God's character, we see the name Jehovah Rapha. He wants to reveal himself as the Lord, our healer. He is one that wants to heal. He is a great God and a great healer, and he is gracious. As we've looked at, but today we're coming to Matthew chapter eight, and specifically here uh, we're going to be looking at verses five through thirteen. There's uh, quite a bit in this chapter on healing. Actually, in fact, some of the stuff that we've already looked at uh, from Peter's mother-in-law being healed to uh, the the leper who was cleansed. But here we're going to see a different person who is healed, and there's also other healings that are mentioned in this chapter. It's really just a great chapter on healing, and we're going to see some lessons here. Uh, from matthew chapter eight, but let's uh let's read Matthew chapter eight, starting in verse one, and it says this: "When he had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him, and behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, If you are willing, you can make me clean and Jesus put out his hand, and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. Immediately the leprosy was cleansed, and Jesus said unto him, See that you tell no one, but go your way, and show yourself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Now when the Lord had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. And the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word to my servant, and my servant will be healed. For I am also a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, Go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, Assuredly I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. And I say to you that many will come from the east and from the west, and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, but the sons of the kingdom will be cast out in outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And Jesus said to the centurion, Go your way, as you believed, so let it be done to you. And his servant was healed that same hour. Now when Jesus had come to Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother lying sick with a fever. So he touched her uh, and brought to him many who were Excuse me. So he touched her, and the fever left her, and she arose and served them. And when the evening came, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with the word and healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken in Isaiah the prophet, saying, He himself took our infirmities, and he bore our sicknesses. And when Jesus saw the great multitudes about him, uh, he gave a command to depart to the other side, Then a certain scribe came and said to him, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said unto him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Then another of his disciples said to him, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, Follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. Now when he got into his boat, his disciples followed him, and suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea. So that the boat was covered with waves, but he was asleep and his disciples came to him and awoke him saying, Lord, save us. We're perishing. And he said unto them, why are you fearful? O you of little faith. Then he arose and he rebuked the winds and the sea and there was a great calm. So the men marveled saying, who can this be that even the winds and the sea obey him? When he had come to the other side, to the country, there met him two demon-possessed men coming out of the tombs exceedingly fierce that no one could pass that way. And suddenly they cried out, saying, What have we to do with you, Jesus, Son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the time? Now, a good way off from there." Excuse me. There was a a herd of many swine feeding. So the demons begged him, saying, "If you cast us out, permit us to go into the herd of swine." And he said to them, "Go." So when they had come out, they went to the herd of swine, and suddenly the whole herd of swine ran violently down the uh, steep place into the sea and perished in the water. Then those who kept them them fled and went away into the city and Told everything, including what had happened to the demon-possessed man. And behold, the whole city came out to meet Jesus. And when they saw him, they begged him to depart from their region. We see here a lot of stories on healing, and specifically on Christ's healing, which is uh quite interesting that we we see this in this chapter. But like I said, I want to focus in on verses five through thirteen specifically. And we see this centurion who comes to Jesus. I'm just going to read this again uh, for us just so—because there's a lot that went on in the second half of this, this, this chapter. It says this, "'Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, "'Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him.'" Now, we looked at this yesterday. We saw that Jesus had compassion and that he was willing and um, not just able, but he was willing to go and to heal. Here we see the same thing. I will—he's willing. There, there is a will that's there. I will come and heal him. He is willing to heal. We see the same character traits in Jesus. But we see an interesting answer here from the centurion, and this is something that it, it really—I— I think is going to help un, uh, help some people understand uh, something that I said a few days ago, and it says this. The centurion answered and said to, said Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me, and I say to this one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. And when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. Now, what the centurion answered with was an answer of understanding authority. And if you want to receive healing in your life, you really do need to understand authority and to be inside of authority. Now, I've talked a lot about, you you know, going to church, uh, being connected to the people of God, going to the man of God, uh, because grace flows sideways, grace flows sideways. And I've said that several times, and that's an important part of this. But I also referenced uh, the Great Commission, where Jesus says, all authority is given unto me. And I've made this statement that Jesus certainly does not have less authority today, after all authority has been given unto him, than what he had when he was on the earth. And we see all over when he was on the earth, people being healed, people being healed, people being healed. And we see that time and time again. Well, this centurion understood something. He understood the concept of authority and the importance of authority. And there's two main things that I want us to see about authority that the centurion goes and he says. He says um, says that he also is a man under authority. That's how he starts off with this. He says, the centurion answered, said, Lord, uh, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. Now, someone who is truly in authority should be under authority. And that's important to understand. That's important to understand. You know, if you're a pastor out there listening to this, you need to understand something. You need a pastor. You need a pastor. You need somebody that you are submitted to. And this is one thing that the centurion is establishing. He's not going and saying, look, I'm somebody who's of authority and all these people go and and they do this. I tell them to go and they go. I tell them to come and they come. I tell them to go and do this and they do that. That's not what he's saying. He's going and saying, look, I am under authority. I recognize that I am under someone. I get orders and then I give orders. But first I have to recognize that I am under authority. So when you go to a man of God, you need to recognize someone who is under authority. And you need to recognize uh, that you should also be under someone's authority and then there's authority that can be given unto you. But also we see this, and he's recognizing this with Jesus, saying, Jesus, I understand that you are like this, and you are under the authority of the Father. And we see this in Philippians chapter two, that he is he is in submission to the Father and he humbles himself. He becomes obedient even to the point of death. He goes and he makes himself a servant. We we see these things. And and the centurion is going and really recognizing this in Jesus, that he is somebody who is under authority. He's not getting got caught up in just the wow and the pizzazz of all these people getting healed and all these miracles happening. He sees through this and he understands the concept of authority, realizing that wow, someone is giving him this authority. And he is submitted. He is submitted to. To the father, and then that's when real authority can flow when it is delegated from a higher source. And he understands then that's when real power can flow. And if you understand this concept of authority, and then you can go and get in line in authority. That's when the power of God can flow into your life. And why is this? It's because it is like if you were to go and to look at a spigot that is going and shooting out water, you know, you can go and stand off to the side just a little bit from that, and you can you can still get wet. You know, you could go and, and, and you know, the, be a, an example of this could be in a splash pad. You know, I've taken our boys, uh, Thomas and Henry, out to splash pads, and one of their favorite things to do with the splash pad is to go and to find one of the fountains that goes and shoots up and, and they'll go and they'll look right over it and it'll just go and just shoot them right in the face. And I mean, you know, it's it's kind of hilarious to watch. I've seen it uh, the other day where uh, Henry had his hat knocked right off of him. I mean, it was it was just kind of one of the funniest things to go and to see. But, but, you know, you can be in a splash pad and you can get wet, get some sprinkles on you by standing next to a fountain. But you get soaked and drenched if you stand right on top of the fountain. That's when you get soaked and you get drenched, and that's how it is with God's power, with the the uh, the power that God has and He gives. When you are directly in His line of authority, when you are going and you are in line with God's order, when you're going and saying, "Look, I'm getting under the people that God puts over me." That's when His power goes and flows directly on you yeah you can you can just be around the order you can be around the people of god and in some of his power will go and sprinkle off on you but the reason i bring this this all up is because this this concept of authority is key because our healing that we get the authority that we have is from the great commission like i've said here healing is tied to the great commission Christ goes and he says, all authority is given unto me, therefore go. And if we look at the uh, the, the chapter in Mark, Mark 16, uh, which we're eventually going to get to and look at that, but we'll, we see that the healing is directly mentioned in that, but it's indirectly mentioned there in Matthew 28, when he says, all authority is given unto me, because we can assume, actually it's implicit, it's, it, it's implied here, that He doesn't have less authority when he gets all authority, and we can clearly see that he has authority over sickness when he is on this earth, and he's commissioning us to go inside his authority. And so if you're somebody who's in need of healing, just as this centurion, he wasn't himself in need of healing, but his servant was, he realized he needed to be inside this sphere of authority, which meant he needed to submit himself to Jesus Christ. That's what he was doing. That's what he was doing. See, if you're in need of healing, it, it means it, you, you need to check yourself on this. Do you understand authority? Understand that God delegates authority, and so th- this is where it comes from. All authority has been given unto Christ. He delegates it, and he delegates it to, it tells us in uh Ephesians chapter 4, he gives it to apostles, to prophets, to evangelists, to pastors and teachers. Are, are you going and getting under one of those five-fold ministries and going in directly getting under that so that you can receive the power of God that is flowing through them, through the authority that Christ has, that he's giving to them, that they are then unleashing unto you that power of God in order to receive healing? If you're not submitting yourself to the authorities that God places in your life, then what's going to happen? Well, you're not going to receive the power of God, or you're only going to receive sprinkles of the power of God. You might be missing out on that healing. But the centurion understood. He understood authority because he was somebody who was under authority, and then he was over in authority on those uh, other people. He was in authority uh, on those who were under him, and he could go and tell them where to go and what to do, and that's important to go and understand that concept Uh, as to how this works. Now, the second thing is, is we see Christ's response. And he says, um, it, it says, and so when Jesus heard it in verse 10, he marveled and he said to those who followed, assuredly I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even inside Israel, not even inside Israel what is Jesus getting at here? Where does he see this great faith? Is it that he's saying, Lord, you don't even need to come to to heal my servant? No, he's actually referencing that this centurion understands authority. Because what the centurion is saying is, "I, I recognize, Jesus, that you're the Son of God, that you are under the authority of the Father, and because of that, I'm going to get under your authority and do what you say. I'm submitting myself to you, and your power is going to flow through. I believe that. And so, when you rightly believe in the authority that God sets, in the structure and the order that God sets, what happens? Well, it means that you're going to have to unleash faith because. The reality of it is, especially when you're a centurion, right? You're pretty high up a ranking officer, but even if you're not a centurion, the reality of it is is that you don't really want to get in under somebody's authority. You don't want to do that. It requires you to say, "I believe that God knows best." And because I believe that God knows best, I'm going to get in line, even when I don't understand it. Wow, that takes a lot. Of faith. Now, of course, I'm not talking about when somebody goes directly against the Word of God or something like that. That's obvious. Yeah, God's word is in authority over every man, and God never goes against his word. He, he, he's not double minded or anything like that. So so do understand that concept. But if you're needing healing, you you need to exercise your faith in the realm of authority in the realm of authority, and that often means uh, exercising your faith in the realm of submission, because in order to have any authority—an authority over your sickness, authority over your disease, authority uh, over your illness—it means that you must be in submission, because in order to be in authority, you must be under authority. That's what the centurion was saying, and he recognized that with Jesus Christ. Then Jesus says a couple interesting things. He says, And I say to you that many will come from the east and from the west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, but the sons of the kingdom will be cast out into darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go your way, and as uh, you have believed, so let it be done for you. And his servant was healed that same hour. Now this is important to understand here. This is the last thing that we're going to be looking at. And that is, go your way, and as you have believed, so let it be done for you. You know, faith really does matter when it comes to healing. It really does matter. It is important that you believe in the promises of God, that you believe the Word of God, and that you're going and actually living your life in accordance with that, that there's real evidences in your life with that. Well, today, I hope that you understand authority a little bit better, understand why I'm saying that healing is directly tied to the Great Commission. All authority has been given unto me, therefore it goes, says Jesus. But I also hope that you understand that in order to have authority over sickness, over illness, or disease in your life, you must be in submission to God in the order that He sets up, because in order to be in authority... You must be under authority. Well, thank you for listening today and remember Joshua one, eight, and nine as we depart. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage, do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Nobody We hold to the promise There's nothing we can't overcome So that war you've been fighting